episode 93. Connor, we're done. No more players. No more Bruins have ever been anything higher than number 92. Uh, so we are done with players. No there's more. No, players. there's no label. It's just the 93rd episode, Evan. Just boring old 93. Nothing. Someone's got to come through. It's going to be 93. We got to have players over the next couple of years occupy those numbers. Except, actually, not really a couple of years because then we're done with that. With <laughs> those. So then it's out of the question. You know, we're going to be like episode 193. Oh, you know, so and so was 93. Uh, we can do him as the episode. But I am Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And what's really fun is there's only two games left in the regular season. All, the playoffs are almost here. You can taste it. You can taste it. And the first big playoff news uh, that has come about is the Vegas Golden Knights. Done. And everybody hates them. And I think that's a very interesting development. Because if you remember when they came into the league and they were succeeding, everybody was pumped. Like they were everyone's second favorite team. Everybody's rooting for them. And somewhere over the last like three years, and there's a few things we can point to flurry and kind of getting everybody and the Twitter account, everybody just started hating them. And now they're just, they completely imploded. The Eichel trade is kind of blown up in their face. Uh, it reminds me of the Matt Duchesne deal with Ottawa and they will not be participating in playoff hockey this year. Uh, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, well, that kind of hurts my uh, season prediction of the start yeah, of the year when right. I said the Bruins were gonna. <laughs> I got have I got some of it right, and then I said right. I was going to Vegas. However, I said that they were gonna beat Boston in the Stanley Cup final. Alas, it uh, did not happen. But yeah, no one really likes them, and I think for fans, it probably has to do with the fact that uh, the, the Twitter is unbearable, and I imagine Ooh. for the players, which. Was it, I think, San Jose they were talking about? Uh, I think it was um, Meyer was saying after the game, yeah, I got, like, a bunch of texts from other guys in the league, like, please beat these guys. Which, like, <laughs> what do you know when, like, your GM and your franchise treats actual players, real, you know, human beings as be a GM, be a GM mode and treats them like trash like and, and throws yeah. them to the side? Kind of catches up to you. And I don't know about you, Evan. I'm not a maybe a, a, a hockey genius. I'm not a franchise builder here, but... I feel like when you have the reigning Vezina winner, you probably shouldn't trade him. Yeah. Especially, you know, lifelong player like that. Yeah. Yeah. Poor poor Logan Thompson, though, in net. I mean, that kid was playing his ass off and he kept having, he kept getting them to shootouts and then he would never score in the shootout. And the poor guy's like, you know, if I let one goal in, this game's over. You saw it in the Dallas game. And then you saw it uh, on Wednesday night when they played. uh, Who did Vegas play last night? Why am I blanking? I watched the game. Yeah, and I'm I, um, this. I, it's, it's like irrelevant at this. Oh, they played Chicago. They played yes. Chicago. Um, anyways, so they're done. Vegas is out. I forget who my cup final or how far I had the Bruins going at the beginning of the year. I don't think I had them in the cup final. You had them uh, losing to Tampa, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I think I said they'd lose to Tampa, which could maybe happen at some point. Um, but when it comes to the playoffs for the Bruins, not Vegas, but for the Bruins, uh, Carolina looks like probably the first round matchup there's no there's like one possible way it could end up being toronto but a lot of things kind of have to go right like they have, you'd to, have to you'd their, have to win, win two next in a row, two and, and, and tampa, tampa have would have to lose there too so um once tampa wins one of these two games it's officially carolina so we can we can talk about carolina bruins as the first round and pretty comfortably uh, say that's going to be the first round matchup um what's your initial reaction to this uh, it's definitely going to be tough, but I think <laughs> from what we've, what we've talked about before, right. Whoever they were going to draw, there's going to be a daunting matchup for the Bruins. So 
if you want to look at, you know, I think Bruins fans, they, they look at this matchup. The first thing you're going to look at, obviously, is the fact that you lost, what, three games in a row to this team in the regular season. They got outscored 16 to one. That being said, is that going to transit over to the playoffs? I'd imagine not. I think it's going to be a six, seven game series. It's going to be really tough. They're, you know, the Metro division champions for a reason. They play uh, pretty stingy defense. It's more for them. It's good offense is great defense. So half the time you're, you know, trying to gather yourself in, in your own zone. They're forechecking hard. They're creating turnovers, capitalizing. They're in your face, which they've been for years now, but, um, and they've got capable goaltending, at least for right now, which I'm sure we're going to talk about shortly in terms of, Freddie Anderson, his availability, but for the Bruins, um, you know, they've already, you know, Bruce Cassidy's talked about the fact that they've already started looking at some Carolina film. Again, we don't know yet. I'm sure by the time this podcast drops, they very well could be locked into that matchup. But um, if you're the Bruins, they're not, I don't think they're fretting about it in terms of looking at that regular season as an omen. Uh, you look at the Bruins, I think it was in 08, 09, that wagon of a team. They beat Carolina three games in a row. I think they outscored them like 14 to four. And then what happened in the playoffs, right? It's a completely clean slate. Um, Scott Walker. Yes, exactly. Uh, we don't talk about that series, but that's, that's one of those ones where uh, it's an example that it is a completely clean slate. You look at the Carolina, how they were rolling in 2019 and the Bruins kind of knocked them around. Same thing up in the Toronto bubble where they seemed like an even better team. And the Bruins kind of out, you know, out muscled them in, in that series up in the bubble as well. So um, going to be very tight. It's going to be a lot of the Bruins making adjustments because even with some of the, the issues with Carolina in terms of injuries and what have you, the way they play is still a tough matchup just on paper in terms of how they execute out there. So uh, for the Bruins, it's going to be a lot of accountability in their own zone, making clean passes. A guy like Lindholm will help a great deal with that. But still, it's a team where you are careless with the puck. You are taking too long to move the puck out of your zone. They're going to take advantage of it and they can bury you in a hurry. So it's going to be a quite the series. I think it's going to, I think go uh, pretty far into this uh, few weeks of May. Yeah. I don't think we want to make predictions now because it yeah. hasn't happened yet. So we're not gonna, uh, I just, as you said, I think the series goes deep. I think the Bruins though, as much as the, of the heart as the hurricanes have, I think the Bruins can match it. I don't look at the Bruins and say, Oh, you know, they, this is going to be a you know clean sweep for Carolina. I also don't think there was really a good series for the Bruins. Like there was no series. I looked at and said, well, that's an easy one for the Bruins. You got to aim for like playing, you know, that team. Yeah. So there's no good one. Um, and you mentioned the goaltending with Carolina. Freddie Anderson is out is supposed to be out for the first couple of games of the playoffs. Correct. At the very, yeah, it seemed like it's still up in the air at first. It seemed like he was going to be good to go for the start of it. Now I think the general consensus is he'll be back at some point, but maybe not the first couple of games of the series. Yeah. And again, I mean, that's a chance for the Bruins to really kind of uh, establish dominance and kind of get a grasp on the series. Now, anti Ranta would probably be a net for them uh, during that time. Um, I wonder if if they can take advantage of that, if they can make those first three games. I know this is we're kind of diving into preview stuff, which we'll do uh, as it gets closer probably next week. Um, but I, I'm curious if they can kind of use that to get a real leg up in the series to where and I'm wondering if even if Freddie Anderson comes back. It's going to be the same guy. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm it's, it's a real question. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something. And you look at the narrative on Freddie Anderson, I think it's just changed in a couple of months too. Cause we, I think when the Carolina added him to the roster, Bruins friends were like, all right, we smoked Peter Morazic like in the playoffs before, like we they've had Freddie Anderson's number throughout many uh, first round matchups when he was with Toronto. 
Uh, you look at now, though, what, three games against the Bruins this season. Freddie Anderson has two shutouts and a 990 save percentage. Pretty good. And he's been legit. Shocking what happens when you put uh, a guy like him on a team with an actual stout defense, great structure, and a really good coach. But shocking Crazy. how that happens. But wow. but you look also at just uh, Carolina and how they play, though, that it's not like uh, you lose Freddie Anderson and all of a sudden I think they're going to be letting up five goals a game, like whether it's Ranta or it's this uh, – the, the kid they just added, Piotr Kochetov, I think. I'm, I butchered his name, but he's yeah. Russian. Uh, but uh, had really good numbers in the AHL. And I think Carolina's 5-0-0, I think, since Anderson's gone down. And a lot of it has been, you know, I don't think the, this guy's bailing them out by any means. It's They're winning these games. You look at the shot totals, and it's like 39-19. to 19. You know, they're like shutting teams down, um, which is what they do. And you have – the structure they have, their ability to keep you in your own zone. Guys like Jacob Slavin, they can play that kind of game, right? So, uh, but in terms of just the pure mismatch of it, yeah, you make a good point that if you're the Bruins, I think you have to be opti- opti- op- not optimistic, opportunistic. Can't talk. And I'm already <laughs> running out of you. I thought you were going to say optitude. And I was like, yes, what? <laughs> yes. Optimistic or opportunistic, rather, that uh, you can land some punches early on in the series because. Uh, whether it's his rookie goalie or Aranta, it's a chance for you to, I think, maybe cause some pressure and create some uh, frantic, you know, decision making from the from the Hurricanes, right? Because they can go into this series probably knowing they have a good structure and they can give Freddie Anderson some time to recuperate. If you go into Game One down in Raleigh and you score five goals on these guys, and all of a sudden it's like, "Whoa, Freddie, how are you doing? Like, are you gonna, you know, that creates that level of." panic where I think kind of the plan they have mapped out where they should be able to overcome a few games without him. All of a sudden the wheels start turning and they start, you know, it's pushing him back too soon. And as you said, Evan, like he could come back and he's still not the same player. Um, when, when you have an injury like that, look at Tuka Rask with the Islanders series, right? Where they kind of pushed him back and said it was good to go. I don't know that, uh, that decisive game didn't look that great. Right. No. Like, you know, that that's a risk that, uh, that you run in that situation as well. So I think that's going to be the key is these first few games, obviously first games, you set the tone, you, you try to build that momentum, but if you're able to do some damage against this, the rest of this goalie depth trial while Anderson's on the shelf, that could, you know, swing that momentum back in your way and have Carolina going down the rabbit hole again of here we go again with this team. You know, we have to rely on Anderson to bail us out when who knows what state he's going to be in, if he's ready to go in say game three or four. Obviously, we like to make fun of Toronto a lot, but I feel like we, we don't talk enough. And it's maybe because Carolina just does things better than the Maple Leafs, but we don't talk enough about the fact that, you know, the Bruins have also dominated the uh, dominated the Hurricanes in the postseason in the yeah. past bunch of years. Like, it's not just the Maple Leafs. Like, the Hurricanes, they've also beat twice. Um, and up in the bubble, I know it was a sweep in 2019 in the conference final, but in um, in the bubble, was it five games? I feel like, I think it was five games, wasn't it? They won one. Carolina won yeah. one, and then that was that. They won a double remember, overtime that one game. They had the game that came down two goals in the third period to win. So yes. I, th- I think it was five games. Because that was the series where game one was at like 11 a.m. After the – And it was uh, the Ber- and it was the Bergeron double OT win. Yep. Right? So yeah. that was that series. So, again, I, I think um, Carolina strikes me as a team that's been there enough now that they're on the, the doorstep of like actually going deep and having real success. So that's kind of my biggest worry with this series with the Bruins, but that's something we can kind of touch on maybe later uh, as it gets closer with the previews and all that stuff. Uh, I think the one big thing 
one of the biggest things about this series is it's way better to go through the Metro than it is to go through the Atlantic. Because now in the Atlantic, you set up a scenario where uh, the Maple Leafs and the Lightning kick the hell out of each other. And the Panthers can get there, can get knocked around by the Capitals yeah. for a full series, or potentially the Penguins are probably going to be the Capitals. Um, and you kind of avoid that. Like that's, that's not too terrible. I mean, as much as I wanted them to play the Maple Leafs for like fun and for the mm-hmm. teams, uh, strategically, it's better to let the Atlantic teams beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I look at it. I think we've made that analogy before where it was going to be a tough road anyway, but it's kind of similar to uh, the Celtics going into this playoff series against the Nets where it's like, all right, they could very well lose in round one. Like the team they're going against should be good. And like Carolina is good. So this Bruins team could, could lose in the first round and people can be very disappointed in that, or they could get past them. And all of a sudden the road opens up a little bit. Granted, that means round two, you're going up against either Pittsburgh or the Rangers who I wrote last weekend that I think the Rangers are probably the best matchup for the Bruins just because they're, relatively pedestrian at even strength play. That being said, they have Shesterkin who could win a series by himself. So whichever way you look at it, it's going to be tough. But as you said, if you get past Carolina, you play against uh, teams like New York or, or Pittsburgh. And as you said, on the other side of the bracket, you have these teams kicking the crap out of each other. You know, you get out of round one, at the very least, one of Tampa or Toronto is going to be out of the picture. Most likely the team that advances is probably going to be banged up. It's probably going to be a long series. And as you said, I imagine Florida probably gets past the Capitals, especially if Ovechkin's hurt. But as is usually the case when you play against the Capitals in the series, you're probably not coming out unscathed. No. So if, you, if, if you're, And then who knows if that's the case where you're playing um, the Rangers or, or the Penguins in round two, and then it's Panthers against – Tampa or it's Panthers against Toronto. If you get all the way to the conference final and it's then that's your kind of key matchup and it's Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay. One, I think Bruins going to be more than happy of a showdown in the conference final means you had a pretty good run in, in and of itself. And two, who knows what the state of the team is by then? I mean, you make the same argument for the Bruins that they're going to be banged up at that point going up against Carolina and, and, you know, New York going up against Ryan Reeves and those guys, but have to imagine the other teams also going to be pretty banged up at that point as well. So again, no easy clear path. It's not even like a situation in 2018, 19 where the path opened up because teams that no one expected were, you know, behemoths at that point with Carolina and Columbus and what have you, uh, there's no easy outs in the bracket this year, but that being said, if you wanted to find the the better way to kind of navigate through it, I think it has to be through the Metro. Oh, hundred percent. Again, I mean, the Bruins have kind of got the short end of the stick in the past couple of seasons uh, where they've had to go through a, a tough road on their side, on the Atlantic side. And now you're like, all right, you know what? Get the Metro, you know, you've earned the right to, to, to get the, I guess a little bit easier of a challenge or not as tough. Um, and also, you know, you know, the NHL is going to be, uh, hoping so much for a Tampa Bay, Florida second round so they can tout the Battle of Florida. It's, That'll be great. It, if you're looking for like actual dream scenarios for the NHL, it's probably Boston, you know, the, the way that it's shaping up now, like Tampa and Toronto, and then round two, Boston, New York, yep. and the Battle of Florida, and then Conference Final, uh, or it wouldn't be Battle of Florida, but let's say it's Toronto advances. Boston, Toronto, and a Conference Final would be the dream. Oh, Gary yes. Bettman would be deceased. It would yes. be, it'd be Gary. No, it's not Gary Batman. It's Gary Batman. Gary Batman. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Gary Batman. Yes. Um, safe, bet, safe bet. The playoffs will be uh, very exciting no matter what the matchups are. But when we're talking 
really safe bets, really safe bets. We're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source. For all your betting needs and sports info, you can find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. Ooh. Don't forget that baseball is back, and the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. Red Sox finally won a game. Shout out to the Red Ooh. Sox. Bet online is your too. yes, I know. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online with the game stats. Stats. Where the game stats. Um, as always with the series, we like to kind of hint on some X factors. And maybe we'll pick official ones because we're going to go over a few. We'll pick official ones uh, when we do kind of our predictions and preview and all that stuff uh, next week. But what do you look at right now and say that's the X factor for the Bruins in this series? This is what's going to get them past the Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in play. We've already talked about the goaltending, uh, which will be obvious in terms of what Carolina especially gets. But you can make the same argument for Swayman and Olmark. You don't know what how that translates over to the playoffs. It could be they struggle with it or who knows, one of them goes unconscious and goes on a run. But uh, I think for me, one uh, matchup that I'm very curious to see is going to be Uh, Hampus Lindholm and just what he brings to this team. Because I think the number one, I think, foundation of how the Bruins can even this series and and avoid those situations where they get into these track meets or, 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 you know, spending time in their own zone has to be on the breakout and making clean passes. And I think we've seen, even though Lindholm has played, what, 10, 11 total games with Boston, you see the difference that he makes in terms of uh, his impact away from the offensive zone, away from just eating up minutes. It's his ability to break the puck out, to get guys moving. And you need that because Carolina has four lines that all play the same way in terms of they can swarm the puck carrier, can create turnovers, create havoc, and all of a sudden loose puck. They've got a guy in front of the slot who's ready to bury it. We see, we saw that countless times uh, in the past. We saw it quite a bit this year when you lose seven to one, six, nothing, uh, what they can do in that situation. So I think Lindholm in terms of just one player is someone that I need to, that I think really needs to be on his game because uh, you need to get that puck out quick. Most Carolinas, uh, again, they're going to swarm you and they're going to create turnovers. That is uh, an understatement. Um, that's a very good X factor. I agree. I think my X factor, you mentioned the forward depth of the Hurricanes. My X factor is more the offensive depth of you, the Bruins. Uh, that's what's got you here. Like that's what has uh, fueled you during this season was Sweeney went out, made signings to bolster the depth. Um, you know, Hala obviously has worked out terrific. I think we'll talk about Hala uh, in a few minutes for something completely different. Uh, but no sec. And I, I mean, Felino obviously has had his issues, but uh, you know, you've had some real depth signings uh, throughout this lineup and it's starting to work. So again, if you are going to match up against the hurricanes and actually beat them, it's not just their first line or their second line. It's, you know, Nino Niederreiter and Derek step on, on the third line. And yes, Barry Kokaniemi on the fourth. And like, you, you have to actually be able to match that. Now, I think the Bruins can. I do think the Bruins can, but they've also got to be able to score. You have to, that coil line has to be a talent mismatch yeah. uh, thing. Uh, you know, your fourth line has to be a little bit more of a shutdown line. It's going to be interesting to see if Cassidy kind of uses that fourth line as a permanent shutdown line because 
it doesn't feel like the hurricanes have any one line that like you have to shut down. You kind of have to keep an eye on all of them, but yes. none are like, none are overpowering. Yes. Um, none are like, you know, Marsh and Bergeron Pasternak. Um, but I do think you have a lot here that you can expose, but it's not going to be easy. So I think their yes. X factor um, is going to be, you know, your de- your own depth uh, offensively. Another X factor I think it's going to be interesting is, how your defense are after uh, the Lindholm McAvoy pairing. What is yeah. Grizzlick and Carlo going to give you? How much is Grizzlick going to play with McAvoy? How much is Lindholm going to play with Carlo? What's your third pairing? Like, is Derek For- how's Derek Forbrook? I mean, he's been definitely a little more solid the past month or so. Who's going to be next to him? You know, is Clifton going to work there? Is I think you have a lot of question marks down yeah. there. Um, and a lot of teams have question marks down there, but I don't think it's easy when you do too. So uh, that's going to be something we're going to have to watch. Um, do you have any other X factors, any other big things? Uh, I would say another one is probably just that power play. And again, yes. I think that was going for I mean, about the power I mean, play <laughs> when it's uh, going into Thursday's game, what over 36, I think. Ooh, uh, very good. Not great. And again, even if this power play, I think was humming along as we'd kind of expected, uh, they'd still have some pretty tough sledding because Carolina, I think has the top PK unit or if not oh, good. number one, they're at least top five. And it's going to make it even tougher, right? Because you, I think we've seen Carolina's PK over the years. It's a very fun penalty kill to watch because they it are is. pressuring high and they create turnovers. Not fun if you're the Bruins, who I think you look at what's been plaguing him throughout this uh, this slump they've had is holding on to the puck, being indecisive. For this, it's moving the puck quick. Um, it's one where if you're decisive with it and you're able to move it around it in short order – there there'll be open ice for a guy like Bergeron on the bumper or, or Pasternak in his usual spot to bury those chances. But it's all about, I think guys like Nagavoy, Marchand uh, up high, because there's going to be guys pressuring them throughout that time. That it's about moving the puck with some authority, knowing where to go with it. Um, easier said than done. Even the best laid plans usually, you know, fall apart when you have a, a PK unit like Carolina, but you always feel like the Bruins are due, right? I don't think they're going to go into one of these games against Carolina where it's like uh Game three against the Blues, right, where they were four for four on the power play with four shots on goal. Don't think that, but <laughs> I forgot about um, that. <laughs> I think Craig Berube had enough, but um, yeah, it's still you feel like they're due for at least some level of production there, and uh, for them, it's the same with you know breaking the puck out in the defensive zone. It's all about just being assertive with the puck and decisive with it, because if you're dilly dallying around, this Carolina team will make you pay in a hurry. Oh, yes. I'm also curious if the Bruins decide to go with Grizzly at the top of the key rather than McAvoy, just because he moves the puck a bit quicker um, and he's a little more shifty at the top with Carolina's penalty. I'm curious if they do that. I feel like they won't because McAvoy's been you know, solid five on five of late, but I don't think it's a terrible idea if that power play has a tough time in the first couple games of that series. Um, off the playoffs, let's do our seventh player award predictions. Now, this has already come out. Thursday night. Yes. Uh, this so is going to be hilarious for me. So we are going to predict what we think is going to happen. And when you're listening, it will have already happened. And you can compare our predictions um, to what actually took place. So, Connor, who we did this a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, who is your uh, pick for seventh player? Who do you think wins? Uh, who I think wins or who I think should win? Do you think we think who, who we think should win? Should win? I think it's our, it should be Eric Holla. And I think it should be yeah. easy. I, I don't think it's, yeah, in terms of what he he's brought to this team, in terms of how much they've changed that narrative for months this season, we talked about Tomas Hurdle and Claude Giroux. And, we, you know, this is something that as soon as Krejci announced that he wasn't coming back in July, we've talked about this countless times, about what, what are they going to do at 2C? And 
whether it be Coyle uh, not, you know, being probably the best fit on that line. Um, didn't really know what else was out there. Was it going to be Jack Sidnika? The fact that Eric Hall has stepped in there seamlessly and elevated that whole line and you've seen Taylor Hall hit a new gear. You've seen David Pasternak still be productive. It's just, you know, released such a great amount of tension in terms of what the Bruins are going to do. I feel like there was this other shoe to drop the entire season, not just for this year, but the anxiety of what happens next year, which we'll, we'll address that further down the line once maybe the postseason's <laughs> done. But in terms of just the short term of this year, um, Hall and his fit there has been tremendous and it's gone beyond what I think most people are expecting, especially when you look at just how he started the year, right? He had one goal, three points in the first 18 games to be at a yeah. point now where he's got, you know, 14, uh, what, 41, 42 points at this stage of the season. Very impressive. And I was looking at the numbers yesterday um, after the Panthers game. I think Drew, since going to Florida, has, I think, 22 points in 19 games. Very, very good. But Ooh. I think Hall, during the same stretch since the deadline, I think he's up to 19 or 20 points in 19 games. So, Oh, that's a great stat to tweet. That would get the Bruins fans all riled up. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, if he has a point tonight against uh, Buffalo – then maybe I'll, I'll roll that tweet out. It's be like a prediction for a tweet that there's like inception. You just started yeah. that right now. And I've got that <laughs> in my back pocket. People can but see how the tweets become. Yes, tweets. exactly. I write that down somewhere, but I, I think it, it should absolutely be all. I think he changed the maybe trajectory of the season is probably a little bit too, too much, but he has been a, a great find for the Bruins and made a lot of tough decisions. A lot of potentially costly trades uh, irrelevant. Uh, with, with the way he's played down the stretch here. Should be Hala. I completely agree with you all on all of that. It absolutely should be Hala. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't because yeah. fan is it's all the seventh player is all fan vote, right? It is, yes. So again, not to say Hall is unpopular, but he's not as uh, dynamic a personality and as maybe a Jeremy Swayman is, who yeah. has the goalie hug and uh, they, he has all of that and people like the goalie a bit more. And I wouldn't, I, I, Jake DeBrusque wasn't on the ballot, right? No, I don't think any okay. like... There wasn't any like top six guys, I think. Now, granted, yeah. Hall is a two C, but I think people were like, "All right, well, no one thought he w- was going to be a two C, yeah. so we'll throw him on the ballot." So. Yeah, no. So J- I don't think it'll be Russ, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Swayman. I do think though it should be Halla, and I think it will be Halla, but it would not surprise me to see Swayman, just given like fans love the goalie hug, and I'm not saying that like they're not informed. I'm just saying like Swayman is just a little bit more popular. So, yes. um, but again, Halla has been vital. I mean, you think back to like. Uh, before January one, when we were sitting here going like, what is this team going to be? Yeah. Like, how are they, how are they going to figure this out? Um, you know, Taylor Hall is not producing. Craig Smith isn't producing. Um, Paula isn't, you know, all the signings in the offseason look terrible. And then Cassidy made that switch. Boom. And things have been smooth sailing kind of ever since. Uh, anyways, two games left of the regular season. Well, really one after you listen to this, uh, what can people look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah, Evan, we're going to uh, uh, start our playoff previews. Obviously, uh, most likely we'll be looking at a Carolina season preview, which I will say if <laughs> this podcast, this episode could be friggin' hilarious in like a few days if the Bruins win two in a row and Tampa loses two and this whole podcast we're is just irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, but um, regardless of who the Bruins play, we'll have a full playoff preview uh, coming out this weekend. Um, have all the daily coverage you expect from us uh, once the playoffs do get started with breakdowns, uh, film review, all that good stuff. Still have a couple of features we're working on that we're hoping to kind of sprinkle throughout these uh, playoff runs, which 
the, the longer the playoff run, the better in terms of more content. So <laughs> yes, uh, we'll, we'll have all that stuff over at BSA though. So subscribe at bostonsportschannel.com. Want to follow me on Twitter uh, for all my great stats, including that Eric Hollow one that maybe I'll tweet out later. Uh, you can follow me at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all of that. You're right. More playoffs is better for the podcast too, because we get to those fun summer days of when we're like, what are we going to talk about this week again? Um, but anyways, Connor, uh, always a pleasure. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah.